got the fizz and we won't tell you what that is until the end of the episode so (laughs) so stay tuned welcome to active discourse a multi-platform technology podcast i'm brett and i'm glad this marketing campaign is finally over I'm Bo, and I now weigh about $500 less. <laughs> and Act Discourse is now never longer than 45 minutes, so let's get started again. Uh, we're back for a second round this month, and on this episode, we're finally going to be digging into our final thoughts uh, on the next generation of consoles, knowing exactly what Microsoft and Sony will be actually releasing this year. Very excited about that. But before we start, we want to remind you to vote. Yes, absolutely. Small little PSA here. You're probably seeing it all over the place on the internet and everywhere. Uh, But if you're in the United States, very important to vote. And uh, if you need uh, to look up any resources about how you can do that, check out vote.org. And uh, you can plug in where where you live and it'll help you figure out exactly what you need to do to get your vote in. Yep. Uh, there's early voting in tons of states, so you can just get it out of the way nice and easy before November 3rd, which is the official election day. Uh, I'll also, I, I want to give a shout out uh, to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was a Supreme Court justice and uh, former lawyer and everything. And she was a huge pioneer for women's rights and equality in America. And uh, she was a force of nature. And uh, she passed away on September 18th. Uh, which is uh, yesterday from the time of recording. So a lot of respect for her. So it's a a very sad passing. Yep. Good long career. Very important justice in our history. So sad to see her go. but Very much so. She did a lot of good work in her life. So congratulations to her and hope her family is doing well. So, All right. Um, So we don't have any more follow-up for this episode. Uh, We are dedicating this entire episode to Sony and Microsoft. Uh, uh, So let's real quick recap momentarily what our gaming preferences are. Let's restate our allegiances. Bo? I am primarily PlayStation, although I do own an Xbox One. And I am an Xbox user. I am more of an Xbox user today than, you know, usually, but... Um, I also have a Nintendo Switch. I do not own a PlayStation at all. I don't have anything against them, just I don't see the need to own one at this point. Okay, so the next generation. There are a few interesting conundrums for us to uh, look at. And uh, just this last week as we record, um, Microsoft uh, spoke about their Series S and they release the prices. And I think that the Series S really is a very, very important part of their next generation console lineup. Um, The Series S highlights value that Microsoft is all about this generation, I believe. Um, And I I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this now for a while. Like what in the world does the actual, what does this product actually appeal to? Because it's not the fastest process or it's not the fastest graphics it has the same processor as the series x but it's not the big boy um it still has a few very important features like 120 hertz um it still has fast loading times it still has a uh uh nvme ssd um and i think it appeals to users out there who are still using the 2013 xbox one 
Um, people who are still using the 2013 Xbox One seven years after launch, they don't care about the Xbox One X. They just don't care about the One X. And so why would those people also go for the biggest, baddest console of this next generation either? They're looking for value. And I think the Series S really appeals to them. I think that that's what they're going for. Do you agree? What do you think about that? The Series X and the Series S do share a lot of specs, but you're getting six gigabytes more RAM mm-hmm. and a much higher just raw power, 12 versus four teraflops yep. between the two. And so I think you're still going to get a good refresh rate, 120 hertz. So things are still going to look smooth. You're still going to get a lot of uh, good graphics, especially if you don't have a 4K TV, which as of today i heard uh, the latest kind of stat is that only a third of people in the u.s have 4k tv oh that blows me away i thought it'd be much higher than that yeah wow. so i think i think the series s is gonna be mostly fine for a lot of people i just think that being digital only is where we're gonna see most of the difference because the cost is gonna be lower up front but there's obviously the used games market and and lending games between friends, and you won't be able to do that with the digital only one. Uh, same thing for the uh, PlayStation Five and its yeah. digital only version. So I don't know. There's some interesting dynamics here, but I think the the actual experience of the games themselves are going to be basically the same. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that the Series S is really a fascinating product in their lineup for this season and i think that it's they've had this before so they have the xbox one s in the current generation and then the xbox one x in the current generation as well and so this next generation they have the series s and the series x names are terrible sorry can't do anything about that (laughs) anyway i mean microsoft's never been good at naming their consoles so but anyway um, you have an S in one generation, an S in another generation, and they mean the same thing. They have an X in one generation, an X in the next generation. It may, means the same thing. And they didn't do that at the start of the previous generation, but they got there in the previous generation, and I think it's going to go well again. And I think that it gives users more choice than any generation previously because any generation previously was all about one big bad boy console and now they have a cheaper console for other people to consider so i think that's absolutely fascinating so the series s starts at 299 that is also very cheap the nintendo switch sells for 299 so you can get a series s or you can get a nintendo switch very different experience This last week, Sony announced uh, the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition is selling for $399, which is very competitive and I think took a lot of folks by surprise. And this is the next huge value in this next coming generation. Um, I think this is extremely positive for Sony-minded buyers because now they get to have the choice to save a couple bucks up front if they know for a fact they're never going to use the disk drive. And it's the first upsell for an undecided buyer to look at. An undecided buyer would look at the first price of $299 and they'd say, hey, you know, it's a little bit better than the previous generation. It's faster. It's whatever. It's the next generation. However, for another $100, it's very fast. It's just as fast as the $499 Xbox. And so they can look at the PlayStation and this can switch the undecided buyer's mind. 
And I think this is awesome. I think this is an awesome yeah. thing for Sony. So what do you think about this choice? They have different strategies, Microsoft and Sony. So yeah. Microsoft has the so they both have the same basic two console split. They have the higher priced version that has a disk drive and they have a lower priced version that does not have a disk drive. Where they're different is that Microsoft has gone the route of having essentially the the diskless version is lower spec and more compact whereas the PlayStation 5 they have exactly the same specs. Yep. The only thing that's different is the disk drive. So the power is exactly the same on the PS5 digital edition as it is on the the PS5 with the disk drive. And I I think that to me that makes more sense because then you know that everyone that's getting your PS5 is getting the same experience whether they're using a disc or not. I th- I would think that would help game developers because what Microsoft has done is put the Xbox Series S and Series X into the same environment as PCs. But for PlayStation, they're, they 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 want to move consoles. So they're they're selling uh consoles and devices more mm. than like Microsoft in the the service area. So I think the PS5 digital is like you said it's awesome value up front because you're not paying that extra $100 for the disk drive. So if you're going to if you're okay not being able to play Blu-ray, if you're okay buying digital only, not being able to do used games and things like that, the the digital one is going to be awesome and I I think it's going to sell really well for the holidays. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and from what I understand, it's basically already sold out as well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm assuming the Xbox is going to have the same thing. They're going to sell out, and then they'll get more units, and they'll sell out, they'll get more units. So one thing I want to uh, address real quick and ask a quick question on is regarding the cap- capability for developers to develop for the PlayStation 5 versus the next generation Xbox. Um, so that next generation Xbox has two variations. And so the developers have to take that into consideration when they're developing. Whereas PlayStation, even though they have technically two different iterations, they both have the same GPU and they both have the same CPU. However, we've seen this, obviously, as you just mentioned in the PC market, where developers have had to have, have that figured out for a while. But another thing as well is the fact that we also saw this in the previous generation. Let's look at Sony specifically. They launched a PlayStation 4, but then they also had a PlayStation 4 Pro. And so they had developers had to take into account both the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro. And so it should be easier to develop for one single console but I can't. I don't believe there was a single game that required the PlayStation Four Pro. Like, there's no exclusive for the Pro, right? No, and there there wouldn't be because right. they'd be ruling out a lot of people that wouldn't be able to buy their game because they right. chose the PS4 Slim or still had a launch day PS4. Yeah, and the PS4 Pro, by the way, was a mid-generation upgrade. Right. There were games that had boost mode, is what it was called. That w- so they would, if you were on a PS4 Pro, you you had boost mode that would give you a higher frame rate or something in in that game. Yeah, I think the PS5 coming out of the gate with these two devices is a little bit different because they're saying right up front that it, it doesn't matter which one you have, they're both high spec. 
There is no difference. And I don't know, maybe they'll do uh, in, this, in uh, say, three, four years, they come out with a PS5 Pro. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do kind of a similar thing where they um, kind of baby step between generations. Yeah. And I think I would imagine they will, honestly. I'd be really surprised if they don't. I'd be surprised if Microsoft doesn't either. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be doing slims. There's no question about that because they're going to be able to slim these things down in the next couple of years like they've done ever since the PS2. Right. But yeah, so, you know, Microsoft is doing that from the get-go. They essentially have a standard and a pro from the get-go or a standard and a mini from the get-go, whatever, you know, floats your boat. Um, but anyway, um, I think... I don't think that is really too much of an issue because the the difference is just textures. Yeah, it's really going to be yeah. resolution. Right, just resolution. And there probably will be, uh, they both have ray tracing, but I'd imagine that the Series S has to be tuned down. So I don't know how hard that is for developers, but I they, they figured this out. They figured this out with the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro. They figured this out with the Xbox One, the One S, the One X. They figured this out. And I don't think it's going to be an issue. And I think that it's a fascinating idea as well. I'm very curious actually to see what the Series S looks like versus my previous generation 1X. I want to see how that looks. Like whether or not maybe I should upgrade to the Series S instead of the Series X. I don't know. I definitely don't think it'll be an issue. I think developers are going to be able to navigate this very well. I don't think there's going to be an issue there. I think it's just another facet of the the kind of difference between Microsoft and Sony this generation. Sony is focused on on the experience. And I think Microsoft is, they're looking for value and Sony's looking for the experience. So that leaves the $500 elephants in the room. There's a $500 option for both consoles. Uh, you can get the One X, which has, you know, it. that's really the competitor against the PlayStation 5. Um, but honest to God, the people who are buying the $500 console know what they're buying. They're not the undecided people. They, they already knew what they were going to buy the, you know, the PlayStation five with the, right. with the disc or the Xbox one X, which with all the extra power, um, obviously Sony has the leg up here because of the fact that, um, you can still get all the power of the $500 console for a hundred dollars cheaper. Um, but also, you know, the undecided or the decided diehard Xbox fan isn't going to care. Yeah, if, if you're going to get an Xbox for Halo, you're going to get an Xbox for Halo. I'd be surprised if Microsoft doesn't at some point release a diskless version of the One X for $100 less, but I it's not going to come at launch, and that's that'll be that. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's exciting because there's more options here in this generation than ever before, and it's... I think just good for the co- for the consumer, uh, and you can still consider Nintendo in this boat as well. You know, if you don't have a Switch already, you know you have another two ninety nine option to you know get a Game Boy and a home console. It's fascinating, but yeah, there's so many choices here for people, and you know I think it's Microsoft. Just from my own perspective, Microsoft has not fumbled the ball uh, at the goal line this season. I don't think um, they really did a pretty bad job you know, launching the one X. And I think that they mostly avoided that this time. So, and you know, the, the launch for Sony looks roughly the same as the PlayStation four and they'll probably do pretty damn good this season as well. So I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Pre-orders are always a a nasty business. I think a lot of it comes down to retailers and and things like that. Um, Sony, Sony's going to knock it out of the park. PS five is going to sell super well. The Xbox is going to sell really well. I just don't know which way they're going to go. Like, which one's going to sell, the the digital or the uh, the disc drive? 
I don't know where the bulk of it's going to go. So I think the only thing that we can really talk about now is, you know, we've, we've seen what the strategy is and the strategy is interesting and it's really good for consumers and it'll be fascinating to see what happens. So let, let's think about who we are game as gamers and what exactly, why exactly we're going forward with the console of choice that we have. So, um, you know, I'm sticking with Xbox this season and, uh, the big thing here is game pass, honestly. Um, it, this Netflix for games is really, truly, honest to God, game-changing. It's really cool. It's it's not going to be the only service out there, but Microsoft has done a killer job to make this service the industry best at the moment. And I think it's amazing. I've been using it for the last several months. Um, I should be using it more, but it's I really like it. I really like it a lot. What do you think about Game Pass? I think Game Pass is super cool. Um, I'll generalize it. I haven't used any game subscription service. Sure. I have used Remote Play with my PS4, and it has not been great. The The lag, basically, like the delay um, latency makes something like Overwatch basically unplayable. Uh, yeah. And that's that was operating on my home network uh, only a room away with the ps4 pro hardwired and uh, my tablet on wi-fi so not a great experience just for that i don't know how different the uh subscription stuff is going to be i like the idea of it i just don't know how well our infrastructure supports it just in general so what's your what's your first reason why you're sticking with playstation this season i'm sticking with playstation because they are game focused um they are especially single player experiences. So that's uh another uh kind of facet like I said earlier where Sony seems to be focused on having an experience. So yeah. they want it to be consistent across both of the the editions of the console and then they have um they're investing heavily in first party studios, they're they're getting third party studios to make exclusives and um so their their single player experiences have been great for a long time, but um, I, th- I think they're they're going to continue that throughout the PS5 generation. So there's a lot of games that uh, I'll be looking forward to this generation that will be on PS5. Yeah, yeah, and that would be um, the driving factor for me possibly getting a PlayStation 5 sometime down the line. Is um, I know that they have some really killer games, and if I get into games more, I would be very interested to possibly try some. So. That's absolutely the number one feature that uh, PlayStation has is uh, just in general. So um, the the next feature that I'm really looking forward to in this next generation, which is technically already started, but I don't have that capability because I have an iPhone. Uh, yay me. Um, is the promise of xCloud. Um, I don't think it's called that anymore, but whatever. Um, and just what you were talking about where maybe we don't have the infrastructure for cloud gaming just yet, but I mean, it's the ultimate goal of what the Switch started. You can start anything, anywhere, and you can play it anywhere. Whether you want to play it on your phone, you want to play it on your tablet, you want to play it on your TV, whatever. Um, as long as you have an internet connection, the theory goes that you can play it wherever you want. And um, the beta test from what I've heard is that uh, xCloud has done a really, really good job um, of being pretty low leg of working really well. Um, so I'm very fascinated to give it a shot. And uh, at some point I will hopefully on an Apple device, but if I have to 
buy a used Android device, I, I'll do that. And I look forward to maybe doing that someday. So, all right. What else do you got for PlayStation this generation? So day one, November 12th rolls around. I will be able to play my existing PS4 games the way I do now, but with way faster loading and more efficient performance. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That's going to be the the real benefit to me is loading times and even in modern games where they can hide loading times uh which we've talked about kind of in in fair amount of detail in uh back in spring or something back when we knew nothing about these consoles mm-hmm. <laughs> they hide loading ti- loading screens with uh fancy tricks and and slowing you down artificially and things like that but i i really am looking forward to um, throughout this generation, how they're able to change game design uh, because they don't have those limitations anymore. And even the way it might change existing games on the new consoles, which obviously there's no, you know, they're still the same game, but just being faster and being able to move between parts of it faster. I wonder how that'll change the experience. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I've been with since I have Game Pass and I've been playing all sorts of different games uh, lately on that, I've been feeling the the loading times real hard. Um, Forza Horizon Four is on there. It's a racing game, and um, I have it set up. I don't even have it set up to use the really really large textures. Um, I have it set up to use sixty frames. Uh, you have an option in that game to choose whether or not you want um more frames per second or if you want higher resolution textures. I chose frames per second, and um even that loads forever man um when you're gonna start a race i honest to god have the enough time to take out my phone and check just social media essentially for like about a minute or so before it even loads the race the hard drive just doesn't keep up and i can't believe that they kept a even a a spinning disc inside the xbox one x this previous generation i would have hoped that they would have at least put like a a simple solid state drive instead of a spinning disc in that thing but whatever it is what it is so I feel you. I'm hopeful that that segueing into backwards compatibility. I'm really hopeful though that there's really a lot that actually can be done with that, um, with minimal um, developer updating. Like specifically that they don't need to um, optimize it for PlayStation Five or Xbox Series X. I, I I guess I don't know, but hopefully it's just free and it just comes with the territory. It sounded like it was to some extent because I think early on they talked about uh, Spider Man. They loaded up uh, Spider-Man on PS4 versus PS5, and it was significantly faster in terms of loading, and it cut down on the times uh, heavily. So I think to uh, actually a pretty large extent that it's going to make a big difference just out of the box. Good. But I do think that there will be updates for games that will... Uh, improve them further right so backwards compatibility is big this big this generation um microsoft uh and I, it looks like we're gonna get a little bit argumentative here maybe um but anyway i will fight you <laughs> so microsoft in the xbox one generation as we talked about previously uh, microsoft basically uh out of desperation basically turned to backwards compatibility as a way to really really make a feature for themselves they made uh xbox one 
Uh, sorry, they made Xbox 360 games, nearly every single one of them available to play on the Xbox One, and they have been working really hard to make original Xbox games available to play on Xbox One as well. And every single game that can be played on the Xbox One is forward compatible to the Series X. So that's every Xbox original, Xbox 360, Xbox One game, all going to be available on the Series X, and they have a huge back catalog now all of a sudden. Um, the only exception, it seems, is, you know, if a 360 game required Kinect, um, you know, that game isn't available, but uh, that's basically it. And I feel like Sony has more or less said maybe a couple times here or there saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4 and that'll be that. Um, but it just seems like they don't want to talk about it. It seems like they're a little cagey about it and that they... Um, aren't really interested in backwards compatibility, even though I believe they have it. I think that's a huge win for Microsoft in this instance, that uh, they have backwards compatibility. But what what do you think about backwards compatibility? I love the fact that Microsoft has gone back several generations. So it's awesome that they're reaching back even to Xbox originals. I wish, on one hand, that Sony would do that. I, I, not, I guess, on one hand. I, I do wish they'd do it. Yeah wholeheartedly but at the same time i think i'm i'm still just more interested in in newer games and the the awesome new stuff that they're coming out with yeah true but they can do both at once Mm -hmm. so it would be awesome to see them get playstation 2 games able you know even if you know i don't own any of them anymore so if if i gotta buy them digitally and and whatnot i'm i'm fine with that but there are some classics that I would I would definitely play again on the PS5 that came out on the PS2. I don't actually think that Sony's been cagey about it. Uh, I think people early on, back during uh, like GDC, I think maybe they people didn't really. I, I think they tried to take what Mark Cerny said during that whole thing, and like hmm. I don't know, it just seemed like it got all twisted because oh. they never said that it would be compatible beyond the PlayStation Four. But anyway, yeah. Okay. The most recent information is that the PS5 is going to be 99% compatible with the PlayStation 4 games. So that basically means yeah. they haven't tested every single game to make sure there's not something that breaks or doesn't work completely. Yeah. But they're all all the PS4 games are basically going to work. They're just that 1% is there for them to cover themselves in case this one obscure title doesn't function correctly but i i think it's it's going to be pretty cut and dry for the most part uh, you yeah you a ps4 game pop it in and, and you'll be able to play it on a ps5 so yeah basically that's you know microsoft's bread and butter that they really really love to talk about backwards compatibility and i think that you know they're, they're just you know talking it up talking it up hard especially because of the fact that they're also going in and enhancing games specifically their games um i think that they're doing more games than just their own but I know that, so Fable, for example, they enhanced Fable. And that leads me into my next topic, which is the games that will make me buy an Xbox Series X, which is the next Fable. I God, I love Fable. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's what got me on Xbox. That was one of my favorites. Just like yeah. just like Legend of Zelda got me onto Nintendo, um, Fable got me onto Xbox. I loved the first three Fables um what is fable journey who knows who who knows it, it i it don't exist. know <laughs> by that point it was already 
falling off the map. Yeah, it's and it was, fable. Uh, fable. The journey never happened in my mind, so it is what it is. Um, and Microsoft over, I think in June released a trailer for the next generation Fable. Super excited about it. It's been dead for a decade, and I'm very excited to see what in the world they choose to do with that with this next generation under new leadership. Super excited about it. Yeah. What games are you looking forward to? Uh, I just I can't talk enough about Fable. Really, mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> it's I mean yeah. I, I would be tempted to get <laughs> a Series X or S just because of Fable. Yeah. Um. Although it may come to the Xbox One, I suppose. Yeah. Uh. Soon enough. So sure. I, I maybe could play it on my own, the one that I have now. Uh. As for stuff on on PlayStation Five, there's a lot of upcoming games which early on a lot of them are going to be ps4 compatible too they're going to be cross generation which uh, i can't fault them for that uh because saying right away to release a game for for the new generation when there's comparatively very few people who own it compared to the existing generation yep or the outgoing one uh they'd be they'd be cutting off a big chunk of profitability there. So um, a lot of the early ones will be cross-gen, but Horizon Forbidden West is one of my uh, most looked forward to games. Uh, Zero Dawn was amazing. Horizon Zero Dawn was awesome. God of War uh, has an upcoming title. Uh, stuff like The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Detroit Become Human. There's There's been so many great storytelling games on the PlayStation platform that I'm really looking forward to what they can come out with in the next couple of years. And Horizon Forbidden West tops out that list for me. So what are we going to get? What's the purchasing plans? How about you? I have already pre-ordered. Nice. I'm not playing around. <laughs> I I was up uh so Sony's pre-order uh did not go ultra smooth. There was there was some uh catastrophe there. Um and they've already apologized for that. They've acknowledged it. Uh so first of all, they said we're not going to just drop it on you. There's not going to be just a minute's notice. Uh-oh. We'll give you some time. And of course, the universe said we're going to mess with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So they said uh, that pre-orders will start tomorrow. Uh, Walmart said, nah, <laughs> we're going to start pre-orders right now. Nice. Like 12 hours early. Yep. And that opened the floodgates and every other retailer <laughs> followed suit. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and so before people knew it, councils were basically sold out already. Wow. Or in the case of Best Buy, they were having technical issues and the site was going down and they had errors and people were pissed at them. Wow. Um, luckily for me, I'm usually up later at night. I'm a bit of a night owl. So um, yeah. I started trying to buy one at around seven or eight. And then just over the course of the next five hours, oh I, I wasn't sitting there for like five hours okay. like clicking like mad yeah, but uh, i came back every so often and kept trying to purchase it because <laughs> best buy system was just going nuts because like i i could get it in my cart and then i could like uh after a while <laughs> i was able to get to payment information and then uh like picking it up from store or shipping and like so it took me five hours of just kind of 
<laughs> making progress and coming back to it, dealing with errors and like telling me it was sold out. And eventually at quarter to two in the morning, I was able to finish the order and got a confirmation email. <laughs> and I decided to go with the disc version. So I'm I'm sticking with the, the one with the disc drive because I want to be able to use it for Blu-rays. And you got that not because that was the only thing available, but because you wanted right. it. Right. I chose that one consciously. Okay. I, I wasn't gonna if if the disc one wasn't available, I wasn't gonna settle for the, the disc one or the discless. I was gonna get the the one with the disc drive. So I'm gonna get it someday, but I'm I'm not gonna get the Xbox Series X on day one. Um I also won't be getting the Series S on day one because from what I understand the one X and the Series S are roughly equatable to each other. So um, my my previous generation, Xbox One X, still serves me well. Um, I'll likely buy the Series X when Fable comes out. Or if I choose to upgrade my TV to a TV that can support 4K 120 hertz, that's definitely a stretch. So that's probably not going to happen soon. I'm probably going to get the Series X before the TV. I don't know, man. I just got a really expensive Apple Watch and... I guess maybe I could trade it back in for an aluminum one and basically finance a whole Series X, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's not top of priority for me right now to get a Priorities, Series X. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but someday I really, really do look forward to someday, um, specifically Fable when that comes out. So, but maybe sooner, maybe sooner. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe midway through this generation. Uh, depending on how it shakes out with games on the one X and, and some of the, or I don't even, I just have the one, um, but how the games shake out with, uh, the current Xbox generation versus the new one. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll end up getting, uh, series S or X yeah. at some point. Uh, I'm definitely open to it because Halo and, and Fable are some of my favorite franchises. I do also have this, um, pet theory that, um, so when the, Xbox One X launched in, I think it was November 18, um, or was it 17, whatever, whatever year it was, after the Christmas buying season and there was a ton of stock left over, GameStop actually did this really interesting trade-in promo where you could trade in an original 2013 Xbox One into GameStop and they gave you like $300 towards an Xbox One X. And so that made, you know, a $500 console cost $200. Um, I have this theory that they might try to do that again um, next spring with, and then I, it makes me wonder given the two console options out there right now, whether or not they might actually do a trade-in deal where you could trade in a one X for $300 and then you could put that towards a series S or a series X. And if I didn't have to pay money to trade in my series, my one X for a series X S or if it was like maybe 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, that'd actually be way more tempting. And I would not be surprised if a trade-in deal like that exists at some point soon. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a crazy theory. Yeah. I, I can't imagine they would offer much, but if they had something for Xbox one, like I have, yeah, that would be very tempting for me. Oh, but, yeah. uh, considering it's fairly old, uh, I'm not sure yeah. they, they would give me too much for it, but yeah. it would take a lot of the strain because you know, otherwise I, I have to sell it myself and then and then go out and buy it. So if they made it easy for me, that'd be great. So we'll see. But barring any really, really crazy deals, I'm waiting until Fable. So 
All right, closing out our second episode of the month. I guess I'll go with my pick first, and we'll save yeah, your pick. I was just gonna say, yeah. that. let's <laughs> let's swap around this time and have you go first to keep the suspense. Yeah, let's save the suspense. Uh, drink was. What did we open earlier? I don't know. You'll find out later. Um, so my pick is a pretty simple one, and it's a trailer. Um, it is Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it is a trailer for an 1800s open world Hogwarts game. Um, open world and it just sounds awesome. Yeah, it's such a interesting world. Yeah, you know, tons of lore, tons of opportunity for like character creation. Yeah, yeah. in eighteen in the eighteen hundreds as well. So it's I, I believe Victorian England as well. So it's beautiful oh, yeah. area. It's, I love that time period. Yeah, and it doesn't really have to uh, contradict any of the book lore as well. So um, you'll you'll definitely see some Easter eggs, but. Um, it's just an open world, a big open world. That's going to be really, really freaking cool. I don't want to wait a year, but a trailer will be in the show notes for you if you'd like to check it out. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm really interested to see how that game shakes out. Very interesting. Uh, I don't think we've said the words Harry Potter at all so far, by the way. Nope. In <laughs> just the... Hogwarts Legacy. Yep. So. yep. Oh, also, uh, fun fun fact as well. Um, it's available on. It's going to be available on PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Whatever. I might not have to get a new Xbox in order to get that. Maybe it comes out soon. Um, but that's also fascinating that I don't need to get a new Xbox in order to get that. So that's that's cool. Yeah. So, loading times will suck, but that's just the story of uh, you know yeah. not upgrading. <laughs> We're used to it right now. Right. Right. Once if I if I had to go back once I get the PS Five, then we might have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So suspense is over. What are we drinking this fine Saturday night? We are drinking the fine beverage called Lacroix, <laughs> 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 and that is my pick today. I am trying to drink less soda, so Lacroix or uh, bubbly or buble, and Aha have been helpful in doing that. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> I so okay so bubbly is is a Pepsi product. Aha is Coke. Ah, uh, aha. Yeah, aha, aha. Look at that. Aha falls into the same bucket as Google for me. It's just a weird word to say in the middle of a sentence. Put it yeah. in just the right smack dab in the middle of a sentence, and it's really weird. It's, it's like <laughs> you know, like. Okay, I'm going to the store. I'm going to grab a couple ahas. Do you want me to grab anything for you? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't flow. Just anyway. Yeah, it doesn't flow very well. Right. LaCroix is anyway. so so fancy and classic. Yeah, LaCroix. LaCroix. So they, these are all they're, they're sparkling waters. They're, yeah. they're just literally carbonated water. It's water with bubbles. Uh, it's kind of like drinking water while someone three rooms down screams the name of a fruit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just kind of get a hint of it uh, if you're used to sugary syrupy drinks like soda they're, they're gonna taste pretty bitter at first yeah because that's like it that almost made me stop right away because uh, i drink quite a lot of soda and um so these have they they hit me as bitter right away but they've grown on me a lot uh and i i don't feel bad about sucking down three or four cans within a couple hours because it's <laughs> it's basically just water zero cal no sugar uh i pretty much stick to lemon Lacroix or lime bubbly yeah um i'm sure i'll branch out though i ran out of i ran out of cold lemon though 
uh, in between our episodes today, and now I'm on a Raz Cranberry, uh, which is one that Steph picked, and it's okay, but uh, I don't know. I, I They have a ton of flavors. I'll make a recommendation as well as that you should buy LaCroix from Costco. Um, this episode is not sponsored by anyone, but here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, so I... Um, bought LaCroix from our regular grocery store frequently and you know it, it's about like five dollars for I think a six pack or so but then I discovered that Costco not only has very unique flavors like I'm drinking a cherry lime flavor um, and then they have like a blackberry blackberry cucumber a strawberry something um, and yeah, I think it's like three six packs for seven dollars and that's a bargain yeah, I now refuse to buy uh, Lacroix from my grocery store, and I exclusively go to Costco for that. So, uh, nice work, Costco, and getting me a lot of Lacroix for not a lot of money. So, <laughs> I'm I'm glad we did that. I'm really glad that we uh we had a, a uh, something that people had to wait all all episode long for. We should do that more. <laughs> it turns it literally turns out to be carbonated. It's really wine great. <laughs> No special beer that we get from, you know, the yeah. from <laughs> like the, some Minnesota microbrewery yeah. or something. It's just literally nothing refreshing from the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just LaCroix. It was good. <laughs> so. so for all you listeners, we do appreciate you sticking around to find that that uh out and, and solve that mystery but 100%. Uh, we we do deeply apologize if you were let down in any way no 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 no, no. we we <laughs> we hope you're not let down because that's you know we we should talk uh we should talk on twitter if you want we want to talk about why you're let down by the fact that we're drinking Lacroix. <laughs> um, we'd love to hear your feedback on twitter i'm, I'm improving myself yes. here i'm i'm trying to to get off so much soda so this is you know it's about my health here right it's a crazy <laughs> 2020 world we live in so um <laughs> you know uh reach out to us on twitter at active discourse um let us know any questions or topic suggestions what your favorite Lacroix flavor is um, i was just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll talk to you next month uh, we got a lot to talk about uh about apple next month um i got another big purchase pending with the new iphone so uh, Apple will also talk about uh, Silicon Max. Uh, Google will have new Pixel phones, and who knows what's coming. We got a lot coming before this weird holiday season. So until yeah, then, and beyond October, we'll have some consoles. In uh, November, we'll have uh, I'll have a PlayStation Five in house, and I'll, I'll be able to give it a full run now. <laughs> so until then, stay safe and see you later. See you in the next one. Bye.